I'm going to be honest. I like my analogy better. I had a tweet that I didn't send out that I was really frustrated about. <laughs> and at least you yeah. haven't hit me over the head with a helmet. It's our little secret. Yeah, Jason probably also loves Jar Jar Binks. And that does not make me happy. Take that, Dad! This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. We are really pleased to welcome in our next guest, former BYU basketball coach Dave Rose. Coach, I don't know how, how happy you are to see us, but we are really happy to see you. I'm, I'm really happy to see anybody, actually, uh, and to be seen. I, I've had an interesting uh, you know, couple weeks, and uh, uh, the doctors took good care of me. I got uh, back on my feet, and I'm feeling great now, but it was... Uh, if you, anytime you guys want to go through a heart attack, no, let, no. let me tell you how it actually feels and you know some of the emotions you go through. But uh, really thankful for uh, a group of great doctors who uh, got me back on my feet. And you were in Europe, what, a week before? Yeah, we were in, you know, Cheryl and I were in Italy for, for four straight weeks and had a great trip and had fun and never had any signs of any kind of uh, you know issues at all. And then it was like the third night that we were home. Uh, I started getting this pain in my shoulder and the back, and then it turned from pain to where it was just like a crushing feel, like, like I had my shoulder in a vice, and it was just someone was just tightening it, and and then for somehow I just kind of snapped and said, you know what, Dave, you're having a heart attack. Let's go. Woke up Cheryl. She drove me to the hospital, and 40 minutes later, I'm at, you know, I'm on the um, fourth floor of the Utah Valley Medical Center, and they're uh, got a stint up there, and I mean a little wired and clear it up, put some stints in my arteries, and now I feel good. So oh, things are good. That's wildly. It's scary. Way, it sounds way more scary than than it actually really. It, it seemed at the time. It just seemed like this is what needs to happen. I, I'm very familiar with it, just simply because my dad. Uh, I had so, so many heart procedures. My grandfather died of a heart attack, so I, I probably should have been a little bit more uh, conscious. But, I, I mean, I had my blood pressure checked and cholesterol checked, and there's no issues at all. So I didn't I didn't think that they were going to, you know, it, wasn't gonna, it was going to go that way anyways. Well, the love across BYU Sports Nation uh, came forth. Uh, once Once your wife posted uh, anything, and we were all shocked. We were yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Um, but it was... Uh, pretty awesome to see all the love come in for you and and what you mean to to all BYU fans. Well, and that's uh, you know, that was amazing sitting there in the hospital and and, and just reading a lot of those things and that um there's a lot of people that uh were were pulling for us and you know, thank all of them. Thank everybody for their prayers and for their thoughts and uh it was a uh, a real encouraging way to kind of get back on my feet. Well, let's talk about less meaningful things All like right. basketball. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Uh, BYU plays at Houston. Now, this is a series that you lined up. You intended, I, I think, you know, to, you coach one of these two. But now BYU plays your alma mater. You're going to be there tomorrow night? Yeah, well, well Kelvin is uh, um, a friend of mine from way back. He actually recruited a couple of my uh, players when I was at Dixie College and up at Washington State. Got a really good guard, Shimon Antrim, out of Connecticut from us, who actually went up there and became, a. Uh, yeah, at that time, I think, of the Pac-10 um, uh, newcomer of the year, and then he was an All Pac-10 player for him, and so we've had a relationship ever since. But when he got that Houston job, we started talking about, uh, um, and he wanted me to come down there last year uh, 
uh, to open up the Fertitta Center because the, the, it was Hoffine's Pavilion and then they redid the whole thing. But uh, we needed a home game. We had so many road games last year. And so he, he decided to come up here. Uh, I, I'm excited to see the new arena. I think it's uh, I, I think it's uh, uh, unbelievable for the, the city, but really good, for, obviously, for the Cougars. They've got a good team. I saw them play on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, they were on ESPNU, and uh, they lost a lot, lost four players from that team last year, four seniors at uh, – uh, well, three seniors and a kid left for the league. Um, but it looks like he's replaced them pretty well. It'll be a, it'll be a hard-fought game here. What do you expect from BYU against uh, another physical, talented Houston team? I, Cody Figure, the assistant coach last night, joked it looked like a bunch of six, seven linebackers out there for Houston. <laughs> so we're not really sure what we're going to do yet. What, what do you expect? Well, I, I think it'll be similar to what you know we've seen with the last two games with uh, um, San Diego State and with UNLV. It's just going to be a uh, if we we got to shoot the ball better from the perimeter. We, it, we I mean we're not going to score a lot of baskets at the rim. You know we got guys that. We can get the ball down there and get opportunity baskets down there, but we've got to be really consistent from the perimeter, especially until Yoli gets back and we can get a real consistent inside score. And Jake does a really good job on the low post, but that's kind of uh, again that's that's I think their calls uh, from what, what I can see, and uh, he's not naturally down there. He made some big shots last night, though, man. I'm really happy to see him have that feel in that arena uh, and, and hit big-time winning shots because you know Yoli can do it. You know TJ can do it. Uh, hopefully you can bring Connor along a little bit. You know Zach can do it. So uh, the more in this time of the year that you can uh, increase the depth of your roster with guys who can make big plays in winning time, uh, that's good for the team. We're talking about uh, how BYU is trying to figure out the rebounding situation since they're so small, minus 22 so far through three games. How do you offset when you're you're in this situation? Like, what, what Well, it reminds about? me a little bit of uh, years ago when uh, we had a rolling, you know, uh, with Jimmer's team when we went to the Sweet 16 that year, and then we had the issues late in the season with Brandon. And, you know, he was averaging eight or nine rebounds a game for us, and then we just had to gang rebound. I mean, we just had to have – and Jackson Emery, you know, he uh, uh, he really came through and started, you know, getting a lot of those mid-range rebounds around. But uh, it's funny as when Jimmer, you know, told me, he said, listen, Brandon's averaging 12 points and, and eight rebounds a game. I'll get the 12 points. You figure out how to get the eight <laughs> rebounds. <Okay>. And he did. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> that, that's kind of where these, you know, where they are right now. I mean, um, you know, and you see AB, he, he got himself some big rebounds last night and Connor Harding and, uh, those guys are just going to have to really exert themselves. And and then you need space eaters in there. Dalt's a really good space eater. He can knock people around to get, to get space so those guards can get in there. I think Colby Lee can do that. Colby's not grabbing a lot of rebounds, but he can knock people around and create space to get guys in there to help you go get the rebound. Dave Rose with us on BYU Sports Nation. What kind of emotions do you feel as you watch guys that you largely recruited and uh, now you're sitting in the stands, basically courtside, just watching them play? How, how is it different for you? Well, I'll tell you this. For 35, 36 years that I coached, people always asked, oh, it's, it's got to be so much fun. It really wasn't that much fun. <laughs> this is fun. This is fun? Okay. okay. All right. You sit there and you watch those guys go after each other. You watch them compete. You watch them make mistakes. You watch them make big plays. And you just really enjoy it. I mean, it's it's something that, uh, you know, we were driving to the Cal State Fullerton game a couple a week ago or so, Cheryl and I, and 
We lived in Provo for 23 years, and that's the first time we've gone to a BYU basketball game in the car together and then sat together. And, uh, you know, there's parts of that that uh, just, are, like I said, are, are it, it's really fun. It's enjoyable. I haven't got really stressed, you know, yet. I was a little bit disappointed, you know, in uh, that kid from San Diego State burying those threes. I mean, it, it's it's one thing to have a, a really legit three-point shooter come in and put it on you, like, like Frankie Ferrari did it to us last sure. year. But that kid is, you know— Drop dead three point shooter. This kid that was Sha- whatever his kid's name was. Shackle. Shackle. I mean, just, come on, man. Yeah, come on. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's that, that. That's a real big difference. It's it's really fun for for Cheryl and I, and uh, we're excited to to go to Houston. You know, um, Kelvin invited us to the game, and I've got some teammates that'll be there. I had a lot of teammates reach out to us during the, my health scare. And uh, they'll be there. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that kind of reunion fun. But I'm really excited for the game and uh, and to, to see the new arena. Coach, we wish you safe travels. Can't tell you how glad we are to have you here. In yeah, great to have you. All right, here. thanks for having us, guys. Well, come yeah. hang Appreciate out any time. Oh, yeah. Anytime you, know? yeah. you want. When you're feeling right. the itch and you want to talk basketball or football or baseball or whatever, let's do this. Or the NCAA. We ran out of time. Oh, man, I wanted to ask you. Shoot. Uh, okay, yeah. next time. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Time to play Know the Foe. (laughs) Presented by Del... BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? It's sponsored! You gotta read it! Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. There we go. All right, Ben Bagley. Here we go. Save it. What do you have for Sabrina us, Davis it. It is tradition on Know the Foe to have the imaginary coin flip today. Jerem, you won the coin flip, decided to receive, so you'll take the first question. Last time I won and deferred. I know, that you changed weird. up the strategy here. All right, Jerem, we'll start here. Which of the following did not coach or play at Idaho State? Oh, boy. Marvin Lewis, Mark Schlereth, Jared Allen, or Merrill Hodge? Sorry, say, who is the second choice again? Mark Schlereth. Schlereth did not. Correct. Yeah, yeah I, I, knew Idaho I actually Vandal. knew that one. Yeah, all those yeah. guys. How about Schlereth that? and Idaho Vandal. Yeah. All right, Spencer, you're in an early hole. Let's see you dig out. Okay. <laughs> Which of the current or former NFL coaches once served as a co-coach oh of the Idaho State Bengals women's basketball team okay. while serving as a graduate assistant for the football team? True story. Was it Dirk Cutter? Was it Marvin Lewis? Was it Ed the Flea Bell? Or was it Kevin Gilbride? I'm going with Marvin Lewis. Mm. Oh! Was it Kevin? It was Kevin Gilbride. Yeah. How do you know all... Did you did you review Wikipedia before this, Jerem? No. Liar. Kevin Gilbride, <laughs> co-women's <did> <laughs> basketball coach. Wait, that's not out of the rules, right? I guess no, it's not. It's we said doing homework. Or creative I didn't research. do it for this. I did it for Kevin. Ah, yes. All right, so, I read that one, and I was like, what? Co-basketball? <laughs> Current Utah Jazz radio basketball analyst Ron Boone averaged 20 points per game and five and a half rebounds a game in his three-year stint at Idaho State. Which pro basketball team did the Booner not play for? Oh, boy. Is it the L.A. Lakers, the Utah Stars, the Dallas Mavericks, or the Kansas City Kings? I would go L.A. Lakers. Mm. Dallas Mavericks. 
Yes, it is the Dallas Mavericks. Nice. He played for the Dallas Chaparrales in the I NBA. Didn't, I didn't know he went to Idaho State. That's cool. Yeah, 20 points the a game three seasons up there. Raw boom. That's another $50 for the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Spencer. Still a chance to tie it up, and you'll love this question. Prior to playing football at the Holt Arena, the Bengals played home games where? Oh, boy. The Sput Bowl, <laughs> Potato Fields, the Russet Bowl, or the Loaded Potato Bowl? Oh, one of those is real. Wow. The Russet Bowl. Mm, no, it's the Spud Bowl. The Spud Bowl. They played Bowl. at the Spud Bowl. Come on. Hey, I've uh, so BYTV did a basketball game in Holt Arena in L.A. Jimmer sophomore year, and Dave McCann came back. Andy Toulson and your boy was the sideline reporter. I look so young. It was so fun. It's in their football stadium. It looks like an airport hangar. The Spud Bowl. The Spud Bowl. Yeah. Because there's so much of a difference between the Spud Bowl and the Russet Bowl. <laughs> All right, hey, Jerry. Don't ask a chance, to, a chance to quench it here. If not, we'll give Spencer a chance to tie. Which of the following exhibits is not located in the Museum of Clean, located in Pocatello, Museum Idaho? of Clean? Correct. Is it the toilet collection? Is it the world's largest collection of dust pans? <laughs> is it the vacuum collection, featuring over 500 vacuums? Uh, or the Orchestra of Clean? <laughs> I'll go, I'll go D, Orchestra of Clean. No, it's the world's largest collection of dustpans not located at the Clean Museum. What did I just write that I should have said? Dustpans. All right, Spencer. Chance to tie it up. Which of the following restaurants did not make the top 15 places to eat in Pocatello, according to TripAdvisor? <laughs> Is it Bigfoot Pizza, <laughs> Applebee's, Texas Roadhouse, or Olive Garden? I'm going to go with... Texas Roadhouse. Oh, no, that's like number seven on the list. It's number seven on olive the list? Olive Garden, because there's not an Olive Garden in Pocatello. Oh, there's no so Olive that's, that's messed up, man. But when you're there, Sorry. you're family. That's, you Jerem have to get me wins. a restaurant. It's actually in Pocatello. Come on. Bronco fifth. Intent to deceive, five-yard penalty, <laughs> no touchdown. <laughs> Thanks, NCA. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Kind of, except for that last question. That was awesome. Messed up, man. Listen, I want to point out that Nothfos way better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. It, is it is awesome. That research is top-notch. Joining us now, one of the newest members of BYU men's basketball, a signee officially as of yesterday, 6'6", yeah. sharpshooter out of Wasatch Academy, Richie Zahners. Welcome to Studio What's B, up, Richie. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, we've met you before on a recruiting visit, but now you're officially a, a Cougar. How does it feel, man? It feels, it feels awesome. Seriously, just what a dream. <laughs> How old were you when you thought maybe you'd want to play at BYU, or did this develop late? No, this, is, this has been going on for a while, um, since I was little. Like, obviously, through the recruiting process, I was like, I didn't know where I wanted to end up, but no, now that I'm here, I'm just, I'm, I'm just super happy. So did parents go to BYU, family go to BYU? My mom did. Your mom did? My mom okay. Did. So you grew up a Coug of sorts? Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Okay, walk us through what it's like to weigh options, and tell us about some of your options. Like, what what was that process like for you as you try and decipher, okay, which school is going to be the best fit for me? It was, it was tough. There were there were so many great options, and um, so I got I got my options down to three. Um, this was last like maybe month and a half. Um, so Creighton, Utah State, and BYU. So I, I took my official visits to to those three schools, and um, each each one was just awesome. Like <laughs> every time it got it made my decision harder. So. After my BYU visit, I loved it. Um, I had Utah State after, and I was like, I, I love BYU. Um, I, I went to my Utah State visit, and I, I loved it. Uh-huh. It's just they, they got good stuff going there too. Um, 
but you know, this, it just fell back. This this just felt right, and now I'm I couldn't be more excited. Who really. took second, Richie? I, I don't. I can't disclose <laughs> that. I can't. I can't. They're they're both really good. All it was good. a tie for a second. Very <laughs> yeah. nice. Um, what what ultimately convinced you, or persuaded you, or or told you that this would be the right fit for you as a basketball player and as a student? Yeah, there's there's a lot of different um, things that go into it, but like the education here, you you can't get much better business wise. That's where I want to end up. Um, but you know, like basketball, it's there's there's not many schools with this with these resources. Like even here we are in this this amazing building. Um, here we are. Yeah. yeah, and so like stuff like this, um, stuff with the fans, like the Cougar Nation's real, and like I've I've grown up in it, um, and so it's it's awesome to to maybe like to to be in the other side of it. So, um, like the fan support, the the coaching staff was a, another big one. Um, I believe in them. I believe in Coach Pope, and he's a fighter, and that that's what I am. Is I'm a, I'm a fighter. I don't I don't like to stay the same. I like to to grow, and I like to um, to change and to to get better. And I I think they can they can for sure help me with that. His juice is contagious. Yeah, oh like man. it's literally oh, right. Man. Like yeah, so much is, energy. You meet him, and it's just like <laughs> you fall in love with him instantly. But yeah. So what you've noticed is there's no Utah State Sports Nation and no Creighton Sports Nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, n- not that I know, but maybe. <laughs> maybe in the future. How would you explain your game and your skill set to those that have never seen you play basketball? So what I'm, what I'm, I don't know, famous for or whatever, but what I'm, what I'm known for is shooting. But um, like with with Wasatch Academy, that is one of my my roles on the team as long as um, as well as like scoring and um, defense, but. My my thing that I would describe my game as is um, I'm a shooter, but um, I I really don't want to just be a shooter. So um, I I love advancing my game and um, the help of Paul Peterson. You gotta you gotta find him, but uh, Paul Peterson has helped me get get the um, different aspects to my game, defensive wise, and then driving to the basket. And you know that's one thing I'm constantly working on and getting trying to get better at. So. Mission plans? Yeah, so straight out. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And you graduated, I think, in May or yeah, June or whatever? Okay. So I'm trying to go as soon as I can, June 1st. So, yeah. Get back two years later for that season and then yeah. uh, the grind starts. Yeah. Okay. okay awesome. All right. Uh, let's finish with this. Which NBA player would you like to pattern your game and your style after? There's two Clay Thompson and CJ McCollum. Okay. Hey, yeah. Ooh. I like those both. Are some of the greats. Yeah. So you want to take kind of CJ's. Uh, off the dribble and yeah. then Clay's kind of catch and shoot ability. Yeah. Granted, well, Clay he can, can do Clay everything. Can play defense too, man. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, he can do it all. Yeah, yeah. Richie, like congratulations, man. Thank you. It's great to have you at BYU. We, we would We're love to excited. have you sign our Sailor Coog flag. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. Oh, okay. And we should BYU mention this dude with woodwork is incredible. <laughs> incredible. Thank you. Shock! I have no idea how to do anything. He can do it. So yeah, Fantastic. great to have you in the studio, brother. All right, thank go, you. Go ahead and Am sign, sign it, it yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, let's do it right now. Sign it up, Richie Saunders. I'm gonna say your name like that. I'm yeah, sorry, the, I just love it. It's yeah. an East Coast accent. Yo, name. Richie Saunders for three. <laughs> the best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU women's soccer at 3.58 goals per game is second nationally, only behind Stanford's 3.79. The Cougars have scored a bunch, 68 goals in fact, and joining us now to celebrate that fact and many more is the head coach of BYU women's soccer, 
Jennifer Rockwood, number four in the country, top 10 RPI, only undefeated. Congratulations. Season. Congratulations. Undefeated regular season. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's been yeah. fun. It's been a fun ride so far. That's for sure. That'd be an understatement, right? It would undefeated, be. Undefeated. Yeah. The margin, the, yeah. this team, it's the just seniors. It's amazing. Such a, a great staff, a great bunch of girls, just... You know, it's been it's been a lot of fun. We've talked about this in preparing for broadcast. As Spencer and I have called these matches this year, but when did you know this group was going to be special? You know, we anticipated having a special group um, coming back during the summer, uh, knowing that we were returning a lot of starters, um, a lot of good experience, a lot of leadership, um, adding a good freshman class. So we had expectations. Um, you know, from the get-go, right from preseason, and then putting it all together those first couple weeks and, and headed out to Alabama, Mississippi State, and, and kind of grinding it out on the road there, and that kind of started things off for us. So we should have had the Quest for Perfection t-shirts this yeah. year with you? Yeah, maybe. Is that what we okay. should have done? No, you don't, want to look, you don't want to look too far in the future, right? <laughs> game to game is what we talk about. Again, the only unbeaten, top five national ranking, and an RPI at number 10, what seed do you anticipate you will receive from the selection committee today? Um, you know, it's hard to say. It's just, it's really hard to know. I think it could be anywhere between two, three, or four. I mean, you hope maybe a two um, from what we've done um, and what the girls have accomplished. But um, I think mostly we would just like an opportunity to play as many games as we can at home. You know, I, I know we don't know who we're going to play, but that's, that's kind of our, our goal is, uh, is to earn those home games. So uh, we'll see today pretty soon, but I really don't. Uh, have any really strong thing one way or the other you just you really don't know there's a lot of good teams in the west and our tournament is done uh, very regionally and we've got stanford usc and ucla you know uh in in the west with us and so it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do so you don't think a one seed is in the mix I don't, I don't think so. I think we would have had to maybe have we, – we did beat Kansas, who finished uh, as champions. I think their RPI is at nine. Um, but I think a lot of times they'll look for wins over even higher RPI teams. Um, so, you know, I, I was surprised in 2012 when they, when they gave us a one C. I, I wasn't sure that that would happen. So I guess you never know. Uh, but kind of maybe more looking towards a two or a three. So it depends on the strength of schedule and how that's valued, I guess. Yeah, I think, there, I think there's a lot of combinations uh, that go, how much weight's put in the RPI, how much weight's put in the last 10 uh, games. Again, we don't have control necessarily over who we play in those last 10 games, but we did go out on the road and, and play a pretty good uh, nationally uh, non-conference schedule and had some great success there too. So, um, you know, we'll just wait and see. We're just excited about that opportunity. So Jerem loves the RPI about as much as he loves BYU football <laughs> losing to Utah nine times in a row. Yeah, It's, it's on that same, level of hatred. Level, yeah. So what do you think, if you could have a change in the ratings and the metrics of how this thing is determined, what would you add? What would you throw in to kind of mix it up? Um, I think it's, it's, it's tough. I, I think you have to maybe look at a few polls. I mean, the coaches are, are voting for those teams. Um, you know, the people that follow women's soccer closely uh, game to game, uh, you know, those, there's a couple polls out there. Maybe add those to it. Um, just, you know, soccer is more available for the committee to be watching where, you know, even like five, six years ago, um, I think they had to rely a little bit more on results and strength of schedule and RPI. Um, but now all of the games are on. You can have access to any game you want. So hopefully the committee has gone and looked and watched us play, um, watched us play within our conference, which is a very competitive conference with some great players. We, we hope that we get three or four teams into the tournament this year. Um, you know, so I think just maybe looking at more than just a number with, you know, we only play 19, 20 games and you've got 330 plus division one teams. So the sample size is pretty small. So, um, you know, you just don't know. We'll see what happens. You mentioned uh, expecting seeds two, three or four. If you didn't get a two, 
That'd be disappointing, right? If you got a three or four, given the way the season's gone. I mean, I think so. I mean, you you, you want to expect the best always, and so you know we're hopeful that uh, the committee will recognize what we've accomplished and we'll go from there. But again, you you don't have control over that, so we're going to be excited no matter where we end up, who, whatever bracket we're in, um, and and you just have to be excited with with what's you're given in this situation. We've done everything to control what we've been able to so far this year. It's out of our hands right now, and uh, we're just excited to see who we play, where we play, and, uh, and what it looks like to um, you know, maybe make a, a track to the Final Four. In the context of a regular season, and you've never gone unbeaten in mm-hmm. an entire regular season, where does this team rank against some of the such great teams that you've coached in the past? Yeah, we've, we've really had some great teams. I've had some great players and teams over the years. But, you know, I think the thing that's unique this year is that we've got a, you know, a top five attack in the country, just right, right below Stanford, who is really dominating things right now. Um, but we also have a top 10 uh, defense, goals against average. And so I think in different years, we've had really maybe a strong team defense or a strong attack. But this year, um, with, the, with the players that we have and the players that we can go to off the bench um, and the experience that we have, we are really strong on, on both sides of the ball. Our, our team attack is just shown by the amount of goals that we can, can score. Um, but a lot of that is, is a buildup from our defensive players and our goalkeeping and, and everything kind of combined together. This is definitely one of the best teams uh, BYU women's soccer has had. So again, going into the tournament, really high expectations and, and just really excited. These girls have a lot of fun on and off the field. In your last comment, you mentioned the two kind of magical words. The only thing that's really eluded this program is a Final Four, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is this a Final Four kind of talented team that, that should you get going could make this run here? Yeah, I, th- I think you always have to expect that. And, um, you know, something we've always... You know, in the back of your head, you know, you've wanted and, and volleyball's kind of done that uh, over the, the years and uh, recently. And that's something that we believe that we have the talent and the experience to to get there. And we, you know, it's always a long road, but you got to dream. You got to dream big. And why not us? And, you know, let's see what happens. Coach, great to have you in studio again. Congratulations on just a remarkable, unforgettable. Let's, let's give you the West Coast Conference Coach of the Year Award before yep. the yep. league does. They're going to do, that. That. Yep. Gonna do yep. that today or tomorrow, I'd yep. imagine. Right? BYU Sports Nation has declared that. Yeah, we let's control that. So. Give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for Always. whoever you're going to play uh, on uh, later this week. On Friday, right? On Friday. I Friday night, we anticipate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just... What a, what a season. I mean, what else can we say? And we're just getting started. Thanks, guys. That was, that was yeah. the precursor. We're yeah. just getting started. Okay, awesome. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Welcome in. The third member of our desk crew right now, Blaine Fowler, getting ready for After Further View. Blaine, welcome back to the show. Good to be here, guys. Did you yeah. watch my Seahawks win last night? Yes, I did. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, that's a, that's a great matchup. That's a good rivalry. That's a fun. It was a fun game. And Fred Warner was amazing. Yeah, Fred has been amazing since day one in the league. And I want to say it's not surprising, but it is a little surprising. that so he immediately did Right, that. that dominating that early in your career, he has been Lights out. Ten tackles, two sacks, forced fumble. I think if you were to ask the organization, like, who's been your biggest surprise in the last two years, they they wouldn't even hesitate, and they'd go, wow, this guy's just playing so far beyond where we thought he was. But now they expect him to play like that all the time. He's he's pro bowl performance level. It's crazy. It's really awesome. The the last guy from this state like that is Bobby Wagner. So – 
Another Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks. Yeah. So they're both like, because he went up and they thought he was really good, but man, he was just immediately good and he's been one of the best players in the league. And I think he was an unbelievably pleasant surprise for the Seahawks. And I think that, that that's what, he, what Warner's been for the Niners. I, it's awesome. Yeah, over the past four years, there's been this kind of injection of BYU high-level performing in the NFL between Fred Warner and Kyle Van Noy when he got traded to the Patriots, Daniel Sorensen doing his thing with the Chiefs, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Michael Davis. Who's your favorite Cougar to watch right now in the NFL? That, that's hard. I love watching Taysom because they lived right by us and we're, we're close to him. Um, and so it's just so fun, and you just don't know what they're going to do to utilize him. So it's really exciting. But I have a special spot in my heart for Michael Davis. Mm. Because if you guys remember, we can go back a few years back on this show, in fact, I think it was. People were saying, well, BYU can't do this or can't do that because they just don't get the talent at corner. And I said, and even though he's kind of playing part-time, I said, Michael Davis is an NFL corner. Like, I've watched him. He runs a legit 4-4-40. He's rangy. He can run with anybody. We don't play the style of defense that maximizes his skills. But he's as good as anybody Alabama has right now. You got raked over I, the coals. I remember asked defense. me yeah. if, if, if I had taken up smoking marijuana. <laughs> They said, what is, is Blaine on drugs? Like, what is wrong with him? I'm like, no, you guys don't understand. Like, BYU was playing a ton of zone and making calls. at the Like, if he's the kind of guy on one-on-one on practice would just shut people down. If he was in a man-based system, I knew he'd be really good. And by the way, I think we can go back and look at what those two corners from Alabama are doing right now that year. And Michael's playing better than they are. I don't even know if they're even in the league anymore. Michael's a starter in the league. Pretty incredible. So I have a little bit of a soft spot in my heart mm-hmm. for Michael because he lived up to – he made me look good, so I'm, I'm a big, huge fan. <laughs> okay, I love I re- it. I recall you saying that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I actually believe it was, was on the sh- It was. And I got hammered on Twitter. I usually don't read it, but people kept coming to me and going, hey, people are saying you're smoking dope. I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, then. <laughs> Where Blaine was right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. That's what we needed. Okay, let's talk about the Zach Wilson situation. So we saw him last week uh, before the game warming up against mm-hmm. Liberty. Had a little bit of a kind of a brace on, on his thumb there. If he's cleared to play, should he play? Start yeah, he a little play, bit against Idaho sure. State. Should play for sure if, if he's ready to roll. And they're just increasing his volume every day. So last week he tossed the ball, but he really didn't go take snaps and and uh, participate in eleven on eleven or any of that. This week he's taking reps, right? But they're going to bring him along slowly. Obviously Baylor has shown that. Zach doesn't have to play in this game to be able to have the man the game managed extremely well by the quarterback and play well and win, right? The next couple weeks, in fact. But I do believe they want to bring him along so that he is 100% understanding what they're trying to get done on offense by the time they play San Diego State, who's a very good defensive football team. And so I don't know that you ha- – I say you see how the week goes. So I can't tell you today on Tuesday, and I'll go to practice and, and watch, but I, I don't know that they can tell you on Tuesday how he is. If they get to Thursday and they go, well, he's he's all go 100% no problem, you would consider starting him. But but if you're going along saying he's pretty good, let's continue this progression with him. Let's get him, let's get him five series or four series in this game, and then let's get him more than that next week, and then let's have him ready to go full go against uh, San Diego State. That's a good plan in my mind. So 
the plan is based on how he feels. And it's not on how he feels today after practice. It's how he feels tomorrow after he practiced today. Does he have swelling? Is it sore? Or does it feel good? Can they increase the volume tomorrow because he has no pain and feels strong tomorrow? So it's a day-by-day thing. And I think that he determines how many reps he gets based on how he goes through practice this week. And it will have been seven weeks on Saturday. So it's been a minute, right? There's no problem with the bone. The bone's healed, Right. So but when it's been immobile, you lose a little bit of strength. And so he's working to get all of the strength back in that. And we talked about if we talked about it here, we talked about an AFR. The two most important digits on your hand to throw are your thumb and your index finger. Right. So so when you throw the football, this. Yeah. So when you throw the ball, this is your stabilizing um, digit. So this has to. This is what is the constitutes your grip. This is you know this is what holds the ball in your hands and allows you to get torque on the football is your thumb. And then when you throw the ball, the ball comes out of your hand. The last two fingers that come off the ball, you rotate your hand down this way, and the last finger that comes off the ball is your index finger. Mm. So you, that's how you get rotation on the ball, and that's why the ball rotates this way. So these two fingers, like you, if you had, you could probably tape this one to this one and get away with it. Um, you could be weak in your pinky and get away with it. You can't get away with these two fingers not being healthy. And so it's important that he has yeah. strength. It's that he has strength in that. The two most important digits on a thrower's hand are his thumb and his index finger. And they want him to be 100% strength before they throw him out there and say, take all the snaps. And I think what they're doing with him is smart. It's the time of year with the schedule that they can do this and bring him along, have him really ready to go for San Diego State in the bowl game. Part-time hand specialist Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> The Cougars have won three games in a row, and we think, okay, yeah, that's pretty good, but it's kind of a bigger deal than maybe we're thinking because, as we presented earlier on the show, it's been over a 1,000 days since BYU had a three-game win streak in football, and it's going to be five, maybe six, maybe seven. Is it a big deal to you that BYU has won three games in a row right now? Well, I, I'm going to go back to what you guys just talked about in your last segment. It's a huge deal because it started with Boise State and Utah State, and I felt like Boise State – I'm not going to lie. I wasn't 100% confident they could beat them. I felt like it was, it felt like a must win. It felt like a huge game. Um, And they stepped up and did it against a ranked opponent at home. It was huge. And, And then they followed it up with a really good performance against Utah State. And so I think three wins in a row and five and six and seven is really, really big for momentum. But more importantly was those first two games and how they stepped up to the plate under extreme pressure and performed at a high level against those two teams. That's the most important and most impressive thing to me because I think the team found out about themselves. They, they changed things they were doing strategically on both sides of the ball going into those two games, and I feel like the team found an identity in those two games that they can roll with now moving forward, not just – through the bowl game, but with everybody coming back next year that they have coming back, this thing rolls into next year, and we're going to look back next year and go, the Boise State and Utah State, the start of that win streak last year, changed things at BYU, and that was the turning point for the program. Absolutely. 19 seniors who play their final home game. The good news is Zane Anderson and Troy Warner and Chris Wilcox will come back. And I look at that list at Dyingon Woloku and Aleva Hifo and uh, Austin Lee, Moroni Laluput, a lot of good players. But you're right. BYU does return a lot going into the and, and where big-time guys are going, big-time guys are coming back, isn't it? So you're going to lose Austin and Diane, who are phenomenal players. You're going to get Troy and Chris back. Now, going into this year, we all think we had them all in the secondary. It was like, this is a Pac-12 secondary. Isn't it nice, though, when you lose those two key, key players, you get two key players back. So it almost feels like you have 11 starters coming back on defense next year. Which BYU senior will the Cougars miss the most? This one's not hard for me, Dying, 
Because especially when they made these changes a couple weeks ago defensively, they made him around Dian. Like he's that he, good. He's you can make an argument that that um, Kyrus is the most talented player on the defense, but the best player on the defense is Dian. Yes. I think back. So, okay, Boise State, they're going to play a lot. 12 personnel, 11 personnel, meaning one back, one tight end, one back, two tight ends. They're more more traditional. Okay, let's take Diane, move him from – let's play him at safety and put him in the box because he's going to have to be involved in the run game because he's our best tackler in the open field. Okay, now Utah State, let's, let's put him on – You know, they literally are putting him in positions to take advantage. How about the end of the Liberty game? Uh-oh. Gandy Golden is as good as we thought. He is an NFL guy. Last drive. This guy cannot go down and kill us and win the game. Diane, move out and cover him. Don't doesn't matter where he goes, you go cover the guy. So he's the best player on your defense. And he's universally loved by everybody on the team. He's an unbelievable leader. His work ethic is second to none. His talent level is I think he can play in the NFL. Sure. And 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 he's going to surprise people because on the pro day, everybody's thinking, nah, he's really physical, he's got great feet, he's got great skills, but is he fast Yes. Enough? You watch him go pop off a 4-4-something in pro day, and then everybody's going to go, oh, whoa, he's faster than we thought he was, and his production is off the charts. Yeah, this guy, we want this guy in our camp. And, and I think because of who he is and, and the way he can lead and all that, he, he can be an NFL guy. So, so to me, that one's not close. And, and that's not... Austin Lee's done a phenomenal job in the back end of calling everything. On, on the offensive side, um, you know, Alev has had a huge contribution. Let's see, he's Micah Sr. Micah Simon Micah. has Micah become has, a really good receiver. I think Micah Simon maybe is the biggest surprise because I, I knew he was a good leader, but, man, did he has he made some big catches and had some big contributions. So you think about how big a contribution those guys have made, and I'm saying it's not close. Diane's the guy that you're going to go, wow, he – he was phenomenal this year. Yeah, absolutely. More Blaine Fowler on after further review tonight. He's going to tell us how BYU scores 50-plus points against Idaho State. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they, they might, like, I like what you guys just They might play three quarterbacks and still score. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see. <laughs> okay, Thanks, awesome. Thanks, Blaine. All right, Blaine. thanks, Ken. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Uh, we are happy to welcome back to Studio B the BYU Sports Nation West Coast Conference Women's Soccer just Player. Naming of the year. her the Player of the Year already, Elise Flake. What's up, Elise? Uh, actually, are, are you cool if we just call you Elite Flake from now on? <laughs> That's a new one. Okay. Is that, is that okay? Yeah. No, there's a lot of uh, you know hesitancy unless the person deserves it, and you absolutely <laughs> deserve it. So let's let's talk about your senior year. Uh, 17 goals. I know you were hoping for 18, uh, but yeah, 17 goals. Incredible. So. Undefeated two seed. Has this season gone about as well as you wanted? Yeah, it's better than we could have hoped for. So we're just super excited. And every game we've been getting better. So that's all we want. Tell me, elite. How does it feel to be the yeah, only undefeated right. <laughs> team in America? It's pretty awesome. That's a big accomplishment. When when did you know before the season? Okay, we have a special group. We could we could do something that would be forever in the uh, annals of BYU soccer. Yeah, I think once last season ended, we kind of just set our goals high, and we knew that it would be a special group, especially with so many returners. But. With that amount of returners, um, did you feel like okay, this group we can do something special? And and I guess what is special to this group? Yeah, I mean, we sat down as a team and we're like, okay, we're going to win conference. That's our first goal. Um, and then go farther than any other team has ever gone at BYU. So make it to the Final Four. That will be pretty sweet. So That would be sweet. And that's kind of the only thing that this program hasn't kind of done yet. Yeah. And uh, it's 25th year with Jen Rockwood. 
Um, how have you guys kind of celebrated that with her and, and sort of has that been a motivating factor at all for you guys? Yeah, I think so. It's something that a lot of fans, a lot of people bring up all the time. And so it's super exciting for us. There's a lot that we're playing for, including Jen. We play for Jen every, every game. So it's been fun seeing her success as well. Yeah, well, sincere congratulations on an incredible undefeated season. Now a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. What do you think of receiving a two seed in the brackets? We're happy with it, yeah. We never really know how it's going to go at the OU. Sometimes they don't give us the best best seed, but mm-hmm. we are kind of hoping for a two, but kind of expecting a three. So when we got the two, we were pumped, and the fact that we get to host three games will be incredible. So. It feels like there wasn't much you could have done to really deserve a one, like right? Yeah. You did everything you possibly could to get the highest seed. Yeah, we're happy with two. And two was fair, yeah. Mm-hmm. You get up to three home games. Um, the first home game against Boise State on Friday. How do you feel about uh, the first round, which the stakes are much higher now? Yeah, it's exciting. I think we just need to treat it like any other game, but we're super excited. It's a new kind of stage of the, of the season. So, How much do you know about Boise State women's soccer right now? Honestly, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to get but, on that. And, yeah. <laughs> and in certain sports, you guys will look at film of the opponent and assess how you're going to attack that. Soccer is interesting. Like, you could really just look at yourselves and probably be okay. How do you, what's that process like for you guys in terms of uh, opponent preparation? Yeah, we do look at their, some of their game film. Our coaches will go through it. We don't really watch the game film, but our coaches will go through it and kind of give us specific things that kind of their tendencies and stuff. Um, but most of all, we just focus on like what our strengths are because we know that if we can play well, then we can be anybody. So, so you'll have a scouting report like uh, this defender's good in the air, maybe avoid her, yeah. whatever, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, just their key players and their tendencies as a team. So do you know, like, oh, the goalie favors this area or those kind of things that weighs into a decision of where you'll go with the ball? Or is it just kind of I'm going to go where I kind of feel and, and the angle I'm at and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I feel like most of it's just kind of on me because I feel yeah. like I kind of dictate what the keeper does, and so it doesn't really matter as much what they do. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Love, hey, 17 goals backs it up. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Elise Flake with us on BYU Sports Nation. Clearly, as you just mentioned, this team has bigger aspirations than just an opening round win over Boise State. But then you have the challenge of staying in the moment, focusing on the opponent at hand. So how do you do that? How do you approach that so that you keep your big goals in mind, but you still are focused on the moment? Yeah. One thing Jen talks to us a lot about um, as we were going through WCC play, our goal is obviously to win the West Coast Conference, but every single game matters as much as the other one. And so whether it's our first game or last game of conference, it all goes into our our record in conference. And so it's the same thing with the tournament. Like, yeah, we need to win six games to win a national championship. And so every single one is just as important as the next. So just game at a time. Like the worst interview question that anyone could ever ask, like you're applying for a job, is what are your weaknesses, right? <laughs> and I look at the the team that you have this year, and it's unbelievable. I'm like, I don't know that there is a weakness. <laughs> like the back end is incredible. You return the, the goalie and the, uh, Sabrina Davis and the four. The midfielders, you injected some youth with uh, Jamie Shepard and SJ uh, Affleck. And then up top, the trio, of course, you guys scored a bajillion goals. What, what's it been like to feel like, you know what? We, can't, we are better in every spot on the field every game. Yeah, I think that's what gives us confidence every game is just being confident in each other and trusting each other. So. Elise Flake on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars preparing for Boise State this Friday. What's the practice regime like this week now as you go into tournament mode? Yeah, I think similar to what we've been doing for the last few weeks, just kind of focusing on our strengths, focusing on the little things we can kind of critique. We've been getting better at lots of different things this season, but I think just kind of coming down to the little details and just making everything even better. What is a typical practice like for BYU women's soccer? Um, 
warm up for 15, 20 minutes, and then we usually do some possession type drills, kind of get our feet moving, get our minds thinking a little bit, and then we'll move into some bigger possession or sometimes um, with goals or with um, scoring, um, different drills with that, um, but mostly just possession, lots of stuff with um, sometimes we'll do um, different movements with the team, and so that's kind of helpful as we get in. Um, as we prepare for the games, um, but mostly just kind of high energy and kind of competing. That's the biggest thing. Those are the most fun practices, at least, is where we're just yeah. playing fun drills where we compete. So, I want to apologize to you. I shortchanged you a goal. I pulled up a, a stat sheet that wasn't updated. You have 18 goals. <laughs> you have 18 goals. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was awesome. Um, what's been more impressive to you as a team, the 68 you've scored or the 9 you surrendered? Both impressive numbers. Yeah, that's a good question. I think they kind of go hand in hand. I don't know. Why was this team different compared to some really talented teams that you have been on the in the past? Um, I think, like I said earlier, we all just trust each other and we believe that we can do big things. And so I think just that camaraderie with the whole team has been awesome this year. Um, with our coaches, too, I think they've done a great job of kind of encouraging that and just focusing on our strengths. So uh, The weather seems like it's going to be awesome Friday. Yeah. that's It's kind of lucky, right, yeah. in mid-November? <laughs> How do you feel about... Uh, the nation's number one attended uh, or fan base showing up for a great weather game. Yeah, it's incredible. We are so lucky to have so many fans. So it'll be what, fun. What year was it? Elena Medeiros' year, senior year or something? You might have been a freshman or barely before. 2016. Where all the snow was scraped off. Fans <laughs> were encouraged to <laughs> come take. I think it was against Utah State. Um, yeah, it, it took for, We're not going to have that this week. No, no, we're good. <laughs> we don't know about next week, um, potentially, it, it, when, if and when you win, right? Uh, hey, Friday night, we but. anticipate uh, temperatures, low 50s, high 40s, should be pleasant. That's Perfect. awesome. BYU has earned this. They have earned this weather after That's everything awesome. they've gone through. Wait, being a two seed, being undefeated, senior, all that, how are you, how are you feeling? Are you, are you calm? Are you a little anxious because of the moment? Like, How do you feel going into this situation? Last week was a little bit emotional. Just we ha- we had our senior night and a couple just like team activities, kind of celebrating that. Um, but now I think we're all just excited because we know what we can accomplish, and so we're excited to see how far we can go and change. What has previous NCAA tournament experience for you done to help you prepare for this time around? Yeah, I think especially last year, you know, losing first round at TCU was huge for us. Just that we don't want to feel that again. We don't want to be um, in that situation. So we know that. We just want to push harder and do all we can to do what we can for our team. Okay. Elise, we're going to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. You know how it works. It's not it like work. you even need it, uh, but we're going to give it to <laughs> you, you know, anyway. You know how it works, yeah. okay? Yep. No more explanation necessary. 18 goals. And uh, congratulations <laughs> on being the West Coast Conference Player of the Year, according to BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> thanks. That's going to come out soon. You're going to be. Congratulations. <laughs> awesome year. We're excited for Friday. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Elise. We're winding down on the season, and it's time to go for two. Can you predict the future? Yep. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. I got to catch up, Jerem. So I'm going a little bit conservative, but not too conservative. Pick number one. BYU will win this game by 30-plus points. That's going to happen tomorrow. Remember the last time it's conservative, it's conservative, but BYU beat Southern Utah 37 to seven with Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams in the last time. No, that offense wasn't good. They went nine and four. Offense was not good. BYU will win by 30 plus. I hope if they don't, if they don't, I am destined to lose to you in going for two. If I wasn't up four, I'd get riled up by that one. You want me to, you want, I can move it up. You want me to move it up 35? Yeah. 
Okay, 35 plus. No, I told you I'm not. No, oh, we're okay. good. No, we're right, 30? No, we're good. 30? Okay. Yeah, 30 is right. great. Pick number two. BYU will lead by 20 plus at the half. Oh, easy. Come you on. think that's easy? Easy. All right. BYU's been a second if half. BYU is an eight or nine win team, they should pound Idaho State. Come on. I, I agree with you. Yeah, women's soccer's like, we'd score eight goals at half. You know what I mean? No, but BYU could lead 24 to seven at half and not. Get that second pick. 24. Come on, baby. Let's go. 30-plus <laughs> in the first half. Or, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, We'll see. Yeah. Uh, pick one. Joseph Critchlow will complete two-plus passes. This means BYU will get its third string in, and he will throw. That's also going to happen. Twice. You will get that one. Now, I said complete. Huh. What I really meant was attempt. <laughs> <laughs> That's very different. I said complete. Whatever. Okay. Okay. Uh, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Your boy Joe Critchlow hasn't uh, completed a pass or even attempted a pass in 721 days as of tomorrow. His last completed pass was against Hawaii. In 2017 when he was the starter for three games. Uh, So there you go. Okay. Completed is more aggressive than attempt. Uh Wow. Pick two. BYU will rush for four-plus touchdowns. Okay. Uh, BYU had zero rushing touchdowns last week. Uh, Four-plus would tie a season high. So I think BYU gets at least four. I believe that will happen as yeah. well. <laughs> I think we're going four for four this week. Like, I don't know about pick one. Now. You don't know. You don't know. Hey, at least because I thought. Well, at least I should have said like attempted. And, this is not like and one. Like you can right still miss yeah. the first one and yeah. still get a point. Yeah. Like you're going to get at least one of those two. I'm up eleven seven with four games to go. Yes. So it's not over. This is my it's conservative not, approach. And yeah. the last time I went conservative, am I going for two picks? I got zero for two. So. Um, this is a conservative place, you know? <laughs> I mean, the set and, watch, watch and the universe. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Three games into the BYU men's basketball season, roughly 10% of the regular season gone by now. We know so much. Cougars are 2-1 and one with wins over Cal State Fullerton and Southern Utah, a close loss to San Diego State. How would you evaluate Cougar hoops through three games? Uh, three words. Battling, gritty, and tough. I thought I saw all three of those things last night. 2-1 and one is exactly where I thought they would be three games in. I thought that BYU should beat Cal State Fullerton and Southern Utah. Probably didn't think it was going to be as close as it was last night, but SUU is a decent team. Ken Pomeroy has them projected to win 20 games this season, so maybe they're a little bit better. I think they'll go 5-4 and four in the first nine. But clearly, Jerem, they are desperately missing depth and size in the post. They are missing Yoli Childs. There's no way around it. They BYU found a way to beat Southern Utah, and credit Mark Pope and the guys for digging down deep, gut check time, and finding a way. But they they need some post size and depth and I mean the senior leaders can only take you so far on the guard line like they, they need somebody in the post yeah the the number one thought is small yeah BYU is just really small and Mark Pope knew that this would be a challenge even if BYU was 100% healthy and not suspended right think about the situation you'd have Yoli Childs you'd have Gavin Baxter Colby Lee and Dalton Nixon even that is probably still not enough you probably need one more dude in there Nixon, Nixon, tremendous glue guy. Had a great game last night. What was he, 14-7 and seven or something? Um, 
but neither has a role that will win you the game. Like, like they have important, an important place on the team, no doubt. Colby Lee is still in development, right? It, it's just tough. BYU's minus 22 in rebounds on the season, minus 13 on the offensive glass. That, that is tough. That's why BYU lost to San Diego State, in my opinion, the, the inability to rebound the ball enough. And then you can offset that with something. It's three-point shooting. And BYU shooting 39%. I would say that's a good number for BYU. However, a few individuals need to shoot better. Haas is 3 of 10, 30%. He can shoot a little bit better. Just probably one more there. Jake Toulson, 31%, 5 of 16. That's a shocker. Jake's like a 43% three-point guy. Trevenel, 1 of 8 so far. Um, we know he's a better shooter than that. Barcella, 4 of 7. Nixon, 4 of 9. Only made one last year. He's made a three in all three games. How about that? And then uh, Connor Harding, five of seven. Yeah, he's been he's been awesome knocking down threes in the corner. I think BYU can offset some of that a little bit, but rebounding that's that's going to be tough for six more games without Yoli Childs. It's, when he comes back, it will be different. And Jake Tulson is a tremendous rebounding guard. He's helping with this, but uh, BYU just doesn't have enough horses underneath there to out rebound the other team consistently. It is wild how different the front court will look next season compared to oh, this year because BYU yeah. will have Richard Harward, Wyatt Lowell, and Lowell is and a Gavin shooter, Baxter, but he's six ten. Yeah, yeah, they'll have BYU will be massive. Yes, yeah. they'll have size, and it will be so different. But the challenge at hand is survive the first nine with basically no depth in the post. Got to shoot the three better and offset a little bit of that. 19 different seniors will suit up for the final time at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in a BYU uniform tomorrow. And some dudes, uh-huh. some dudes will run out of that tunnel one more time. Notably, Dianga Woloku, Austin Lee, Micah Simon, Aleva Hifo. I won't name them all, but there are some really, really big contributors did. in that category. Which senior will BYU miss the most tomorrow? You mentioned a lot of them. Uh, Dianga Woloku, Aleva Hifo, Austin Lee, Talon Shumway, Micah Simon, Moroni Laulaputino. Some notable guys, right? that have uh, become even better uh, their senior years, which is great. But the one guy that I think BYU will miss the most is Tyson Williams. Oh. Tyson Williams, the running back. I believe that if Tyson, Tyson Williams, if he had played against Toledo and South Florida, BYU would have won those games. And then I think BYU competes well against Boise State. They don't have the same level of motivation and urgency as we've addressed multiple times. I think BYU beats Utah State. I think BYU beats Liberty. I think BYU is six and three or seven and two. If Tyson Williams doesn't get hurt, that oh. that was a really tough one. He was a special back. Would have run for a thousand yards. Would have been a game changer. It stunk that he went out with an ACL tear against Washington in Game Four. And, and it, this is not to say that BYU won't miss the others. I'm just saying Tyson Williams was a game changer in every sense of the word. Dango Woloku, Austin Lee, uh, these guys were awesome. Mike Simon, I love all these guys. Tyson Williams is a sneaky pick because he exited the season in Game Number Four. And there is a small chance, there's this glimmer of hope that he might be back, right? That just maybe the NCAA will do the right thing and grant him (laughs) a hardship waiver and let him come back to BYU. I don't know. That's a great joke, Look what it says back there. It's a great joke, It says says BYU. It ain't happening. It doesn't say, wait. Oh, it doesn't say Ohio State. Okay, never mind. On offense, Tyson Williams is going to be the guy that BYU misses the most. He just opened up so many different parts of the offense for Zach Wilson specifically, mm-hmm. and to do some things that... It was the sealed portion of the BYU offense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it hurts. I'm, my fingers are cross for Tyson Williams. For me, I'm going with Diane Galwoluku, Jerem. Oh, he's great. BYU's best overall defender, the best athlete on the defensive side of the ball. 
it's no wonder that BYU has turned things around on defense and Kalani Satake put Dianga Waluku at the safety position so that he could be in a position where he can make the most plays and he can make the most difference. Safety delayed run blitzes, straight up safety blitzes. He went all out against Boise State. Diane has been a baller. Oh, yeah, and he scores touchdowns, too. He has four career touchdowns. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. He's, he's the ball hawk. Kind of cool is the ah! ball hawk. Now Diane Gawoluku is the ball hawk. Makes yes. the game-sealing interception against USC, one of the more memorable victories that BYU's ever had in Independence, and probably the biggest win that Kalani Satake has ever had in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Diane Gawoluku yeah. sealed that. No so uh, I, We will miss him. Yes, he is gone, Woluku. Cue the Sarah McLachlan music. After this season, I think he's going to play in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to yeah. get drafted, Jerem, but he is a guy that can play special teams, Amen. that will be physical. He will... Nope. Shock people with his speed and his strength and the, his combine numbers on BYU Pro Day. He's going to play in the league. You're literally preaching to the choir. Yeah. Most of the people that watch this have been in a choir. The ward, you know, the, the high school, the community something. <laughs> By the way, three seniors that will return, which is nice. Zane Anderson. I imagine he'll move back to safety. Yes. Trey Warner, Chris Wilcox. Awesome. BYU's and gonna, maybe Tyson Williams? If he wants to and the NCAA allows. I need to put on my It's Going to Be Okay, my relaxed blue goggles. Yeah, yeah. Just, like with these on, you know Ty- Tyson Williams we is need- going to get his, his uh, waiver from the NCAA. He's going to be back, and it's going to be what? fantastic. Production note for the future that we're just discussing on the air. We need reggae music when you put those on. <laughs> we need some reggae music when I put on the, whatever these are, the bamboo Blue goggles. Yes. Yeah, Bob and you, Marley. <laughs> you are wearing a Bob Marley t-shirt. Bob Marley. <laughs> underneath your BYU hoodie. Lower that is hilarious. It. That's all right. <laughs> it's going to be okay. One love. Uh, it's good. Here we go. This is this the... This is... We played this a couple years ago for the Hawaii yeah. uh, game giveaway. Yeah. This is, oh, so Miami. this is good. It's, it's a little too upbeat. It needs to be a little yeah. more relaxed. This is, you know, the steel drum, okay. Jamaica. I feel it. Okay. All right. Love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Tyson Williams, Diane Gawaluku. BYU's going to miss a lot of these seniors. Some great playmakers. Yeah. yeah. Talon Shumway, by the way, is uh, going to be featured in Countdown to Kickoff tomorrow as mm-hmm. one of the seniors. You do not want to miss that feature. If you missed it, then you did. Yeah, well, you don't want to. Jaron's feeling real good today because his Seahawks won last night, and BYU's going to have a five-game win streak at least. I'm going for seven. And right now, does it not feel like BYU has a stronger presence overall in the National Football League? This was something we talked about a few years ago of, man, there's really only like Kyle Van Noy, and he's mired in and Detroit. And he's with the Lions. Ziggy Ons is good, but he's injured so there there wasn't really like this BYU impact in the NFL it's very different these days there are several players making an impact starting for their teams Fred Warner Kyle Van Noy Jamal Williams Daniel Sorensen Ziggy Ansah I could go on and on but Jerem who is your favorite Cougar right now contributing and playing in the NFL to watch it's Taysom Hill Taysom Hill is one of the most exciting electrifying people in the NFL Uh, David Nixon told us after he went to a game uh, with the Saints, there were only three or four jerseys mm-hmm. in the pro shop. Obviously, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Taysom Hill. Crazy. Are you kidding me? The undrafted quarterback who plays tight end and receiver and running back. It's wild. 288 rushing yards, 7.1 yards per carry, by the way. Are you kidding me? Nine catches for 100 yards this year. Two for two throwing for 35 yards. He's got five total touchdowns. You just don't know what he's going to do. And here, the, here is the most 
underachieving BYU quarterback ever in terms of we didn't see what he could fully do if he finished multiple seasons. He could have been a Heisman dark horse and maybe been the fifth guy taken in 2014 in terms of showing up in New York at the, uh, you know, the downtown club there and whatnot. We never really saw what he could do one full season as a sophomore. Here we are seeing what he can do in a utility role, and it's just awesome because it also hints at what he could do if he was a starting quarterback, which perhaps one day we will see. Perhaps with the Saints, perhaps not. There is always intrigue when you see the Saints pop up on the screen. What is Taysom Hill going to do today? And everyone's in love with him, like every girl at BYU was. (laughs) He's taken, ladies. Uh, My favorite player to watch right now, as good as the utility knife has been in New Orleans, is Jamal Williams, because it's been fun to watch his emergence, not just as a running back, but as a receiving running back. Five games in a row? With, or sorry, five touchdowns this season, and he put together a number of games in a sequence where he caught touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are rolling right now, and it's the joy he plays with. Whenever the Packers have a game, Jamal Williams surely will pop up on my timeline on Twitter with some amazing quote, whether it's about he's Frozen dancing or, or yeah. he's dancing, he's playing catch <laughs> with the fans in the stands, the swag that he has on. He is the swag, Danny. He's riding bikes with kids. He has these very, very unique and real relationships with fans in Green Bay. People love him. They gravitate to him because he is so genuine. He's such a genuine, happy person, and I like to watch Jamal Williams succeed. It's just so much fun to watch that guy succeed at the highest level. It's been fun to see him do well as well, and, and a lot of this has to do with skill position players. It's one thing to have like a dominant offensive lineman. you know, To the general public, that's not uh, as exciting, right? But to have skill position guys, and Fred Warner is a middle linebacker for the best defense that just lost last night, right? But he's a guy in... That you're seeing a lot. He's well, Kyle Van Noy is a linebacker for the other best defense right. in the AFC. And, and, and perhaps it's not uh, a coincidence that these teams are successful and BYU players are part of that, which is fun to watch. So th- this is great. This is great. BYU's turned a page in a positive direction with Cougars in the NFL, and yeah. it's been really fun to uh, see these guys excel. And it's good for the program. It's good for recruiting. It's good for everything. Michael Davis starting, the Kafusis playing, Harvey Longy having a tackle for a loss and three tackles on Sunday. A lot of these guys undrafted, by the way. So great. Sticking in the league, yeah. which has been good. But it's one thing to play and contribute. It's another to just be on the roster. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to switch to basketball. Tonight will be BYU's third game without Yoli Childs. And after tonight, the Cougars will have six more before Yoli returns from his suspension. Speaking of fair, what is a fair expectation for BYU basketball in the nine games they will play without Yoli? I think five and four is a fair expectation. I think anything over that would be a massive overachievement. If BYU somehow was able to string together six wins and three losses, they should consider that a remarkable success. To the tune of BYU football starting the first four games this year at two and two. I, I kind of feel like that mm-hmm. would be the equivalent of BYU basketball winning six and three without Yoli Childs. Five and four, I think, is totally fair, Jason. I looked at the nine games again. Of course, BYU took care of Fullerton, and it stings that they lost to San Diego State because they were in position to win that game. But at one and one, BYU can figure out a way to come out of the first nine games without Yoli above 500. If it's below that, ugh. I don't know. I think there's enough leadership and talent 
and senior leadership yeah. at that between T.J. Haas and Dalton Nixon, Jake Toulson, that BYU should figure out a way to win the majority of these games. So I'm, I have them at five and four. And by the way, can we get a countdown to Yoli? Maybe that should be the next countdown, right? Look, I'm all about a countdown. You're not going to have to convince me to do any kind of countdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quick answer for me, and we're all on the same page, the quick answer is just be above 500. Okay. So heading into the season, I thought 6-3 and three was achievable and reasonable. But I also had BYU beating San Diego State at home. Now that with, we know that that didn't happen. So using the same logic, though, I, I would say they go 5-4 and four, like you. You know, if six and three, if they're one off of that, then they're five and four. I, I believe BYU is is capable of being better than that. But but after dropping the San Diego State game, five and four, I think would be fair. If BYU can find a way to have a good showing in Maui in a few weeks, that number can go up. And what's interesting about that is if BYU loses in the opening round of the Maui Invitational to UCLA, then they drop into a different bracket. Right. They'll play Chaminade and then probably have another competitive winnable game in their third contest. So I, I don't know how I feel about all that because do you, do you want two wins regardless of who the opponent is or do you want to beat UCLA and then have to probably play Kansas yeah. who's going to be a top five team in the yeah, country you with, want, without Yoli? You want the better win than you want a number of wins. You want to have the better showing. I don't think there's any question in that. But I understand what you're saying in terms of, of getting the wins. And let's be honest, at the end of the day, it, it still boils down to what you're going to do in the West Coast Conference. That, that's what this season boils down to, and that's what Coach Pope has talked about, that you've got to be playing your best basketball when it counts. And that's at the end of February, beginning of March. I expect BYU to do just that, which is why I have them at 10-5. and five. And going 5-4 and four without Yoli still is in line with BYU going 10-5 and five in non-conference yeah. play. And then they really turned on in conference play. I think they have a real shot to win 13 games in conference. Yeah, I think if BYU can be above 500 without Yoli, I think they're in really good shape. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Here are what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Sabrina Davis has only surrendered nine goals all year. Are you kidding me? scored 68. That's amazing. It's incredible. Sabrina, welcome to the show. Great to have you. First time, right? Yeah, first time. I don't know it took us so long. (laughs) I want to apologize on behalf of the show. It took forever. All right. You guys are busy. I get it. All right. Not really. So I mentioned the nine goals allowed. That's seventh best in the country, 13th in save percentage. What's led to such an incredible year defensively for you and for that back line in front of you? Um, I'm sure you guys have many people come on this show. Um, They'll talk about how great it is to have returning players, and I strongly believe that. And also just our press as a group. We do a good job, you know, playing offense. And when we're playing offense, we don't have to play defense. That makes our life easier. How do you stay engaged when – possession is largely on the <laughs> yep, other right. half because yeah. the games i've called i said oh and sabrina davis wakes up from her nap right because you're back i'm not saying you were disengaged yeah. but it's just been a minute right just communicating i mean being directional something that my coaches have always taught me is if the ball's not in your end you're doing your job just by communicating and making sure that the what ifs aren't happening and just always thinking ahead what's been your favorite moment or play from this season thus far oh there's so many um Let's see. Let me think. Give me a second. I loved playing against Texas A&M. I loved beating them 2-0, especially since the year before. You know, they, we didn't get the results we wanted, 
and just the energy we brought during that game. The fans, oh, incredible. And yeah, it was just a fun game overall. This is the number one attended team in the country, the home attendance. Um, what, what can you say about the home crowd and what they do for you as a goalkeeper? Um, I love it. I mean, sometimes you get comments here and there, literally right behind my goal. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, like, you know, last week was senior night. My grandma came from Colorado and she's like, Sabrina, Sabrina, trying to get my attention. I'm like, grandma, shh, I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> right? I know. Yeah, exactly. I want to take a picture. Oh, you, you know she was. She had her phone out there waiting for me to turn. I'm like, all right. But, but, it, was, but it was held way out in front of her. Like, oh, totally. Yeah. With yeah. her glasses. Too. I'm like, but it's awesome. I love it. anytime we have the opportunity to play on Southfield with the fans that we get. It honestly helps our play, and I don't think people realize that. And I promise it just doesn't go unnoticed when we have that many people there. It's awesome. It's special. Yeah, it is. There have been some really fun nights. I enjoy the reckless abandon you play with. You jump all over the place. Thanks. You sacrifice the body. How do you feel after... A match where you you have to do something like that on a multiple occasions. Uh, yeah, you know, I get some bruises here and there. But we have the great medical staff and our trainers. They do a good job of, like, helping me recover and the rest of the team as well. So. And you've had to learn how to dive in a certain way where you don't just knock the Correct. wind out of yep. yourself. Right? Oh, yeah. You in volleyball, right? <laughs> yes. I was going to say, Mary and I, I promise we kind of play similar positions. You just, like, <laughs> throw your body out there, try to make contact with the ball and keep it in. Pretty similar. So, yeah. I've never thought that the libero and goalkeeper would have similar stuff. Have you talked to Mary about this? Yeah, we actually have. I was one time joking around, but I was like, hey, dude, we should like change positions one day. Like, I'll come be a libero, you come be a goalkeeper. And we we're like, actually, no, our coaches definitely wouldn't like that. So <laughs> never happened. Probably won't ever happen. Be a fun role reversal. I know, right? Yeah. Jeremy and I have an issue with something that the West Coast Conference did. We love our friends at the West Coast Conference. Yeah. But you're an honorable mention. So we're officially, how, how that make, we're officially making you the West Coast Conference Goalie of the Year, according to BYU Sports Nation. West Coast Conference yes. Goalkeeper yeah, of the Year. You. you cool with that? Okay. I'm cool with that, thanks. Do you care about that? Does that, that do, you, do you ignore it? Do you go, um, You know, any opportunity you get to have an award means a lot. So I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, of course, I was a little bit bummed. But, hey, I'll take what I can get. And it's not always about the awards. It's just about the results that we get done as a team. And so that's all I care about. You can look at that WCC championship trophy. And think, <laughs> you know what? I was a significant part of that. That heavy, big trophy, by the way. Isn't 70 pounds. Yeah, okay. Oh, whoa. Like How many? 65 pounds. Whoa. Something like that. 65 Actually, you might want to ask Jen. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I, I heard that when Jen works out, she just lifts the trophies. She probably does. Yeah, Do she just. It? Have you been in her office? She has like. She has a lot of trophies. That's fine. Yeah. BYU keeper Sabrina Davis with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's go back to that defensive line in front of you, and um, let's ask you probably the hardest question we're going to ask you all day. Who's your favorite defender, yeah, who's your favorite defender? on the team? Mm, don't have one. <laughs> I thought you were going to answer for What a, a great answer. Yeah. I thought you were going to answer. And she makes the save. I thought the um was pretty good. <laughs> Another save for Sabrina Davis. Yes. Right. Do, uh, do you spit with them? I do. Line? Uh-huh. Okay, and, and tell the people, I, I love when you guys Come explain on. what's uh, going on there. Yeah. It's been a tradition for a while. For years. like Way before way ba- way, yeah. way before me because I'm that young. No. Um, but pretty much what we do is we get together right before the game. We put our arms around each other, and they'll say, don't quote me on this, but strong side, I think. Right side, left side, bomb side, sap side, and then we just go back and forth. And it's just sab like, side, sab side, as in Sabrina. And Sabrina, yeah. 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 Okay. So, and then you spit. Yeah. Like, but some people don't spit. But oh, really? Yeah. Not a, you're not all. They're in like, the... if watch next time. I mean, we all pretend, but I definitely, <laughs> I definitely spit. I didn't know. I was like, okay, just like kind of. Oh, I'm like expectoration. Yeah, yeah, I, right. I thought it was like mark your territory. This is our area. We do. Do you do each half or just the beginning of the? Just year? before the game. Okay, gotcha. Sabrina Davis on BYU Sports Nation. How did you pick your jersey number? 
Um, I've just had it for a while. I 18. think. Yeah. Does that have anything to do with uh, being 18-0-1 in the regular season? Yeah, no, <laughs> but I really like that. That okay. was good. She would have picked 19. That's true. She would have picked 19. That's true. That's true. Or 25. Yeah. I'll take 25 any day. But no, I'm just, I think it was what was given during the time, and I was like, okay, you know, double zero is what I wore growing up with club, but they, you know, as you get older, that's not really a goalkeeper number, I guess they say. And so we had like one, 18, 32. I know this is going to sound dumb. I was born February 18th, and I was like, oh, all right, let's just stick with 18. And let's go. I love it, yeah. What's your husband's name again? Spencer. Spencer. We, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good name. Uh, we heard he's a big BYUSN fan. Huge. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> Shout out, Spencer. Spence, I'm here. What's up, man? <laughs> he's probably watching right we'll get now. Him, we'll it. get him something okay. for the show. Yeah. We can awesome. take a picture. I think that'll mean oh, okay. a lot to him. He could also watch that you were on it as yes. well. Yeah. Yes. What, what's life like as the goalie? Going from not being married to being married, like how has your life changed and your perspective and all that stuff? Um, well, I'm still learning. Like being here, this is my fifth season, I guess. Um, you know, I'm still learning my way around Utah. I'm from Colorado, like you guys mentioned. Um, so having a husband who's 15, 20 minutes away, he grew up loving BYU. Awesome. Um, so that was awesome. To just become. He just has been one of the biggest supporters as well as his family, and you know, I'm super grateful for them. And I've just loved being a part of it. I guess I don't know. Okay, let's wrap. Yeah. Oh. Has he, has he told you about the BYU Sports Nation karma? Um, no, but I've okay. been watching and All I've right. heard that. Okay. Let's, well, let's give it's it time. to you. Oh, I still have one more question for you, but let's give yeah. it to you. You play better than you would have, and you play pretty well. Thank you. We don't give it to crappy players. We give it to good players. <laughs> I appreciate it. play even better, right? Thank you, yeah. Yeah. So last one. Of course, we should address Boise State. Yeah. Every game's tough in the tourney. Mm-hmm. This is a, a championship squad out of the Mountain West. Uh, you get a tough one right away. Yeah, we do. Your thoughts on the matchup? Um... You know, we've had the opportunity to scout them yesterday and just find out some of their strengths or tendencies that they do. But something that we've done great and will continue to do well on is just focusing on ourselves and our strengths. We're trying to just take one game at a time and enjoy the moment. Literally, you know, this being my senior year, it's unless you ask me like, oh, hey, are you sad about like this is your senior year? You know, yeah, I get sad. But at the same time, I know this group is so special and I know we have a lot of great things coming ahead of us. So I'm excited. Cameron Tucker said you're like an intense, serious person. I am, don't believe her now no? that you've hung out with Okay, her. hey, great, because well, I was going to say, the, I have a good time. Yeah, play, yeah like, you're fun. Very intense on the field. Okay, outside, is that on yeah. the field only? Yeah. Okay. I was I'll admit it. I'll I think admit it. was all the time. Like, I'd never come up to you. I was like, oh, she's intense and serious. Hey, I just love holding people to their very best just because I know what they're capable of doing. Yeah. So. Okay. You're going to be a coach. Oh, hey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you'll be we a coach. We need you to sign our Sailor Coog flag Please. to make it Perfect. official. Please. And watch your she step right got the karma. Here. Yeah. We get her signature. Sabrina Davis. She's Sabrina awesome. Sabrina Davis, ladies and gentlemen. You know what, WCC coaches? You guys stink. <laughs> Honorable mention? Get out of here. Come on. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. BYU is pacing, and I'm speaking of the football team, to potentially face nine bowl teams on their schedule this year. Going to a bowl game is not hard. I just want to point that okay. out. Okay, nine bowl teams. Six, we, six wins is not a notable. tracking Cougar opponents. Beginning with this week's foe, Jerem. Yeah, let's go. Idaho State. Three and seven after losing to Eastern Washington. They have the red field in them. 48 to five. At least the Bengals got a yeah, safety. That was really, really Not good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, really I don't think BYU has a safety this year. And they have that one. Jeremiah, uh, one up you from Idaho State to oh UMass. That's so bad. 
The Minutemen seriously might lose head-to-head with Idaho State. They're not ready. They make it five straight losses. They lose the Army 63-7. to They also gave up 63 to Liberty the week before. They travel to Northwestern to face a 1-8 Northwestern team and are a 44-point underdog. Uh, what? 17-plus? Holy cow. <laughs> San Diego State, Spencer's fake idea of college football, yep. a.k.a. McLovin, lost 17-13 to Nevada. The Aztecs 7-2 host Fresno State this week. We thought that maybe I San Diego State... I wanted them to be ranked. San Diego State's defense is really good. They're good. That's going to be the matchup. The offense just does stinketh to me. San Diego State 7-2 now. They ain't going to be ranked. Yeah. Be right On to Utah. Coming off a bye week, Jerem, they'll host my other favorite team and the OG fake idea of college football, <laughs> UCLA. I'm now, actually- now, now, wait a minute. UCLA controls its own destiny. Yes, they do. In the South. But they ain't. Utah. Utah's really good, man. And I hate it. Tennessee. Big Orange. Uh, beats Kentucky 17-13. Five and five. I know. Here's what this means. I know. With Missouri and Vandy on the schedule. If Tennessee has a winning record this year. And BYU beat them. Mm-hmm. As you recall. Mm-hmm. As you recall. Mm-hmm. Everyone. BYU has won one game in the Eastern Time Zone against a team that had a winning record since 82. One. This Come could on, be Bolt. two. Well, I kind of love the uh, stat, so I kind of want Tennessee not to win. Oh, really? Well, you're right. No. The kid that was bullied, I'm all in on Tennessee. Come on, let's I love, go. I like Tennessee. Yes, you bought the T-shirt. Yeah. Let's you know go. what a T-shirt I'm not going to ever buy? Utah you. <laughs> USC, 6-4 and four this season after an interesting win over Arizona State. They were blowing the uh, like Sun Devils up early. 28-7 And first then it got super close. Keaton then, Slovis, 432 yards, four touchdowns in that win. USC trying to get to seven wins when they take on Cal on Saturday. You played to win the game. Yeah. Washington, who we thought was like a world beater when BYU played him, uh, beat Oregon State 19-7. Compelling and rich content on a Friday night in Corvallis. They, they've been kind of derailed by a bunch of injuries. A lot of their skill players have been banged up this season. Oh. Uh, Savant Ahmed rushed for 174 yards and two touchdowns. The Huskies have a bye prior to traveling to Colorado. Yeah, Washington's 6-4. and four. Man, I thought they would be yeah. in the hunt no, for the Pac-12 title. Like they, they've, they have been depleted by injuries. It's been a little ridiculous. And BYU fans know it better than most. Easton's been fun. What's been the deal? Receivers, for one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shoot. They had to replace him with a different four-star. <laughs> oh, my life's so hard. Washington. Toledo, two wins in a row. 35-33 victory over Kent State. The Rockets now bowl eligible with six wins. Yay. Wednesday night, Maction against Northern Illinois coming up. That conference is great. They're beating each other up. If you want to watch a matchup of two teams from the MAC that beat BYU the last two years, Wednesday night on ESPN or something. Mm -hmm. South Florida lost to Temple, 17-7. Bulls now 4-5. They play number 17 Cincinnati this week. Who's the highest-ranked team in the AP poll. Okay. Tonight, the college football playoff poll, which is the one that matters. South Florida losing to Temple um, basically takes them out of any chance, real chance of being a bowl team. Which we thought was going to. Yeah. Yeah. I've never competed with a building. That's just me. (laughs) Boise State takes care of Wyoming. Oh, barely. Barely. Cowboys missed a field goal in overtime. 20 to 17 win. The Broncos now 8 and 1. They're still ranked in the top 25 and will host New Mexico this week. If Cincinnati and a couple of those AAC teams slip up, Boise State could still be. Navy. 
They could still be the New Year's Six representative. By the way, the AAC, really good. Four ranked teams. Uh, is that more than the Pac-12? Four ranked teams for That's the AAC. That's more than the ACC as well. How about right? that? Right? Yeah. Right? I mean, granted, they're all between 17 and 25, but still. Does that matter? Four ranked teams. Does that matter? Utah State beat Fresno State at the buzzer to win 37-35 on the road. The Aggies host Wyoming this week. Utah State will be bowl eligible. Yeah, yeah. ultimately, BYU is going to face nine bowl teams this season. Yeah. It's not hard to win half. I know. I know. I know how you feel about it. <laughs> Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday, Jerem Jordan and I had the opportunity to speak with tournament chairman of the Maui Invitational, Dave Odom. Fabulous college basketball coach. He was Tim Duncan's coach at Wake Forest, and he's always a very entertaining guest. In fact, he gave us this gem last Go time. Uh huh. We began our latest conversation with Coach Odom with the following question. How does one become the chairman of the Maui Invitational? You live a good, clean life, man. <laughs> and then you know all the right people, all the right backs to scratch. And then you just hope that uh, Lady uh, lady Luck, good fortune, just finds you someplace walking to North Carolina out of, bound, out of Banks uh, Beach one day, which is what happened. I was out there walking, and the phone rang. I was out there by myself. It was October. Uh, there was a little bit of a chill in the uh air and the phone rang and it was uh kipper sports calling looking for somebody to lead him into the next decade over in maui and i said try me <laughs> and it's been a great gig ever since and another great tournament is set up here uh with byu and of course chaminade dayton georgia kansas michigan state ucla virginia Tech. are you kidding me I mean, the Maui Invitational is the premier tournament to be in. BYU in, in it for, uh, you know, the third or fourth time. And this is awesome. What, it, what is it like in selecting which teams will participate and why BYU? Well, uh, you, you, you've sort of edged on, on how I do it uh, in your uh, de- description of, of the tournament itself being uh, really strong. Um, when I took over the chairmanship of, of the tournament, um, when I talked to Steve Lesnick and Steve Skinner, Steve Skinner is the um, uh, CEO of, of Kemper Lesnick Sport, and of course Steve Lesnick is the president and owner. And when I talked to them, I said, what, "What do you want for your tournament?" They said, "We want the strongest tournament possible." Well, to me, that means getting the best eight teams you can get each and every year. A lot of the really, and there are a lot of really good uh, holiday tournaments, but but if you look at them, most of them will have four really good teams, maybe a fifth, and then they'll throw in two, maybe three teams that could be good, but don't carry the cachet of um, the brand name teams that we try to get in Maui. Um, And so... I tell my team, uh, and, and I, I have an administrative team that I manage, uh, look, uh, I'm going to get the best eight teams I can get each and every year. I don't want the uh, teams. Uh, and actually, when I, when I talk to a, a, a coach like, say, Dave Rose, who's been such a great coach there and 
he loves BYU. When I talk to Dave Rose and days gone and, and days gone by about uh, you know coming to Maui, you know he never asked me who the other teams were because he knew I was going to get the, the um, seven other best teams I could possibly get to go against his BYU Cougars, and that's what they want when they come over. Dave Odom. Tournament chairman of the Maui Invitational with us on BYU Sports Nation. Why is BYU a common name that comes up in discussions about programs to invite to this prestigious tournament? Well, BYU is a national university. I, I know they, uh, you people in, in uh, Utah want to kind of keep it uh, within the confines of the state, but really uh, because of the Mormon uh, denomination uh, and, and the way uh, BYU uh, recruits all over, not only the United States but the world. And you've got the, uh, the 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 you know when they go out and they stay for you know a couple of years at a time. Yeah, the missionary program. Back. I mean, it's just yeah, missionary program. It um, it, it really behooves uh, me as a tournament chairman uh, to look at them every four years as a possibility of of coming over because. You are such a you're a national known. You're a, a really good brand uh, as it relates to television and, and uh, radio coverage and newspaper uh, coverage. Uh, but also, uh, and this is very important to me, you do your job. And I'm talking BYU's university now in terms of fan following uh, their team over to Maui. I, I know. BYU is going to do their share. They're going to uh, they're going to fill their 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 seats, um, and so that's really important to me as well. Thanksgiving week in Maui? Are you kidding me? Who wouldn't want to go to that? That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, how are the matchups determined? Uh, the championship round, of course, is the twenty fifth through the twenty seventh at the uh, Lahaina Civic Center there in Maui. BYU matches up with UCLA. Well, I do. I do the pairings. Um, now I do consult with our one of our partners, uh, ESPN, because I want them satisfied. I, they they don't decide who BYU plays, but I do want them involved in when BYU and UCLA play. What what the time frame is, because I I don't want them. I don't. I would not want UCLA and BYU playing at, say, 11 p.m. on the East Coast. That wouldn't sell. Uh, you know, people are not going to stay up that late. So I do consult ESPN for, you know, th- this is, uh, and in, in BYU's case, this is BYU-UCLA. What is a good time frame for them to play? And then I try to work it out like that. The other thing I do, guys, is um, in looking ahead, um, I, I try to get, first-round pairings that really are interesting to everybody. Uh, And then I try to peer ahead one round to the semifinals. It's important that if, uh, as they call it, chalk holes, then you're going to get a good second round. Beyond that, I I can't do any more. The team's just got to play well. Dave Odom with us on BYU Sports Nation. Why do you like the opening round matchup between UCLA and BYU specifically? Well, uh, they're both West Coast teams, uh, basically, and uh, you, you, there, there's newness in both programs. Uh, 
Uh, Mick Cronin is the new coach at UCLA. Um, I know the kind of teams that he puts out at, um, uh, or he has put out at Cincinnati, um, and I'm hoping that he'll bring the same type of uh, toughness uh, to UCLA. And uh, from Mark Pope's uh, standpoint, uh, he was at Wake Forest uh, for a year or so, and I got to know him really, really well there. And, you know, he went out and, and uh, did a great job in a short period of time there. And he, fortunate enough, uh, BYU called him and said, look, our job is open. Dave Rose has stepped aside now, and we need uh, somebody who loves the university and is going to really work hard and, and uh, uh, touch all the uh, the, the – dot all the I's and, and cross all the T's, and I think Mark's a good choice for them. So there's a lot of newness uh, in the uh, programs at both places, and they're close enough that there's going to be a sense of rivalry uh, when we get to Maui. Mark Pope is a very fun, energetic guy. He's extremely excitable. I, I love hanging out with him, uh, having him here at BYU. A couple weeks ago, he was at the West Coast Conference Media Day, and he went around in a NASCAR uh, you know, on a track at like 200 miles an hour or something crazy. What can you do with him to take advantage of that personality in Maui? Well, uh, I'm going to leave. <laughs> I got him there. I'm going to leave that to ESPN. <laughs> uh, Maybe he and Jay I, Billis are doing to, something I'll, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I will try to corral him. I'll try to uh, bring him in uh, long enough to coach the game and not be silly doing it. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I <laughs> He better, I can tell you that, because it will be a um, huge uh, comparison between uh, Mick Cronin and Mark Pope. Um, Mick Cronin, the next time he smiles in and around a game will be his first. (laughs) And and, uh, Mark Pope, when he stops smiling, it will be his first. (laughs) So we've got really a good... uh, a good contrast in styles here. Coach, when are you going to bring Tim Duncan on as your assistant tournament chair? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I, to be quite honest with you, I talked about him coming this year. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he did something foolish. Uh, he took assistant coaching job with San Antonio. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I, I don't know what that's all about. It's not like he needs the money, I'll tell you that. <laughs> or the hours. Oh, no, that is great. No, I mean, I bet you I bet you right now he's questioning that. <laughs> I retired from this. Despite all of your teaching, he still went and became a coach. Oh goodness. Yeah. Well, he went that's the only thing that he did contrary to what I tried to teach him. Uh, great stuff. We enjoyed watching uh, you coach him at Wake Forest, and we always enjoy talking to you and look forward to a fantastic Maui Invitational. Thanks so much, Dave. Listen, uh, we look forward to having the Cougars come out again. Uh, it's going to be a great tournament. We've got uh, eight really good teams, and that includes Shamanai. They're going to be really good this year. Um, I hope you guys are going to be there. Uh, if not, I'll call your boss and make sure that he sends you over there because you guys are part of the program. And, uh, you know, we'll. Uh, I look forward to seeing my good friend uh, Dave Rose. I know he's going to be over there. I know he had a little bit of a scare, but I also know he's he's doing well. So I'll see he and his uh, lovely wife. And uh, good luck to the Cougars. And you guys win some games before you get there. We'll hype this thing once you do. You got it. Thanks so much, Coach. All right. Dave Odom with us on BYU Sports Nation. Here we come, Hawaii. I like it. 
The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. This week's BYU Sports Nation feature of Deep Blue highlights senior defensive back Diane Galwoliku. Northridge High School represent. We went to the same school. He's arguably BYU's most impactful defensive player this season. His backstory, in a word, remarkable. One of escaping civil war to learning a new way of life and eventually becoming a leader. Presented by Tim Daly Nissan, here is Diane Gawoluku in Deep Blue. My name is Diane Gawoluku Lake. I was born in Liberia, that's West Africa, and I came here when I was five because it was like a civil war going on. He's come out and been open about how some things come a little bit harder to him as far as school and learning, and he's a, a kid that is really the epitome of putting your head down and just working hard at something. Climbing in there as well, they pitch it, and it's a touchdown for BYU. That's Gawolaku, a quarterback who is in there at running back getting the touchdown. We saw my mom for the first time. She picks up at the Salt Lake Airport, and we're just like, amazed just like this place is big you know the minute i saw them get off the plane the minute i saw diane we connected eyes he just kind of melted my heart so he was scared he was just quiet couldn't say anything me and my sister it was our first time seeing like white people so we're just like what the heck is this this lady's taking our hands like taking us to a car so we didn't know what was going on and it was just a culture shock the environment like i said i was switching the light switch off and on because it's all new to me Seeing light, table, food. They brought us like chicken noodle soup. That was like our first meal we ate. And we also had to learn English, so it was hard to understand them and communicate. So we just freaked out until my dad actually came back to Utah and was like explaining everything to us. Everything was going to be good. I said, if you do come here, you have to work hard. You have to go to school, do everything you can. Quickly, battled up and intercepted. Did they get it? If they got it, it's over. It's over. Every game, I will write him a memo or a letter. I said, remember where you came from, remember what I told you. So you play this game, you play with all your heart, you'll be successful. And that's what he always do, play with all your heart. His story to his teammates and to the players is really a story of just triumph over difficulty, just having determination, and he's been fun to be around just because the odds were really against him as far as coming to a tough academic school. He's the kind of guy that when you give him a challenge, he'll just he'll surpass it. He'll, he'll overcome anything. And I probably made the mistake, which I think now is a good challenge, and just basically told him that, hey, a lot of people don't think he can make it here because school's so hard. That was the last we ever worried about his academics. Refuse to be outworked, whether it's um, weight room, running sprints, or whatever the case may be, and classroom as well. You know, a guy who, who came in, an underdog as far as academic goes. He's really done a good job just fighting through all the things that he's had to and not really looking at it as a crutch, but something that's just determined him to get through his education. Diane has an incredible commitment to the contact of football. Maybe as much or more than any player I've ever coached. He really enjoys, with a smile, the contact part of the game. I just really like to hit. Like That's the one thing that separated like football and soccer. Like I said, I used to play soccer when I was little. 
on a competitive team and I have to like decide which one. Football just really stops me because I'm like, you get to hit kids, like you get to hit other people, like and it's legal. I'm like, I got it for sure. <laughs> I got it for sure stick with football, like because soccer, I used to get like penalties called on me just like for shoving little kids and everything's a foul on me. Like so football, that was never the problem. Rewarded obviously for hitting kids and I was like, I like that. A lot of guys will muster the courage necessary to make the play at the moment. A lot of guys enjoy being the aggressor when the angle is correct to, to make contact. Dian enjoys all contact, never flinches. It's particularly amongst DBs. I think there's, he's one of the best there is. Getting married to my wife, Madison, that was like one of the biggest highlights because she changed my life for sure. Because even here, I still, like I said, I was focused, but I wasn't all the way there focused in school or football, really. And getting married to her uh, last year, she just kept me in like a straight line, like had me organized and take care of my homework before I even like think about anything else, like video games, stuff like that. She was always there to love me and take care of me and she deserves the world. And that was just like a big highlight in my life. And she's, she's like one of those ride or die girls. Like I said, she gives me that energy to, and motivates me and pushes me to do better in my life. I remember telling him once that doors would open and things would happen and that he would just be amazed with his family and, and the people back home and, and all those things if he continued to do what he needed to do and be strong in it. Remember your heritage. Remember those that fought for you to be here where you are. You walk on the shoulders of giants. So be proud of whatsoever, wherever your son or daughter coming from. You have proud in him as a human being first. Secondly, you should have pride in him for what he is. He will always be on that and become somebody better in the future. What a story for Diane Gawoliku. Deep Blue delivering another fantastic feature piece on uh, these BYU athletes. Yeah, they are absolutely fantastic. All right, today's Rise and Shoutouts now. With it being Veterans Day, we're teaming up with BYU football and some notable personalities over at the Student Athlete Building to give our shout-out to all of our fabulous veterans who have served, are serving, and will serve this wonderful country we live in. I just want to say thank you to all the veterans. You know, we're, we're grateful for all your service. I want to thank everybody that served in the military. I just want to say thank you to the veterans for all you guys have done for us. Those who have served in the military, we're so grateful for your service. Veterans, thank you for, for all you guys have done. All those who have served in the armed forces, we at BYU thank you. To all the veterans out there currently serving and those of you who have served in the past, we thank you for your service. Uh, my dad served in the Air Force, and I have a great deal of respect for everything that you do our service. Thank you. On this very special day, I just want to thank all of our veterans out there who have served or are currently serving in our country. Um, thank the families as well who uh, support them and, um, and help, help this country in so many ways. We love you and we are forever thankful for you and for all that you do. Appreciate all the, all, all the things that our veterans have done for us and allowing us to give the, have the freedom of <clears throat> enjoying our lives. And so I, I don't think there's any words that could put it, I could really say to show my gratitude to them. Fantastic message from Kalani Satake and members of the BYU football staff and team. And again, we echo their sentiments. My grandfather served in the Army. My father served in the National Guard. And just so much respect for uh, just 
the greatest generation, man. Yeah, they were great, and uh, my and they are great, and we really appreciate it. Both my parents were in the Air Force, and I was born on an Air Force base, so uh, in Mountain Home, Idaho, outside of Boise. So, uh, no, I don't like Boise State, um, <laughs> but really appreciate obviously uh, what everyone has done. We uh, are thinking about you, especially today. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.